This is Starting Somewhere, a 10-episode podcast from the University of Melbourne, all about internships, finding one, landing it, and making the most of the experience. I'm Buffy Gorilla. I didn't give my internship a lot of thought. I just went where they told me. And now I'm host of this podcast. And I'm Ben Pawson. I got my internships through networking. And now I'm co-host of this podcast. So we're clearly the best people to help you start somewhere. In episode one, we showed you what an internship can do for you. It's going to make you smarter, help you stay in your first job longer, and let you try out a new career in a super safe space. Or get a leg up if you've already decided what you want to do. If you're not sure about internships, go back and listen to episode one. We highly recommend it. This time on Starting Somewhere, we'll help you figure out and find what kind of internship you should be doing. And in the next episode, we'll tell you how to do a great application, stand out in the interview, and land the gig. So, dear listener, what do you want to be when you grow up? If you know, great. But if you don't have an idea of what you want to do, stick around and hear from Warren Fraze. He's a senior advisor in the experiential learning and employability area of the University of Melbourne, and he has some great takeaways. Plus, we get Lauren Berger, the intern queen, on the phone from Los Angeles. Lauren did 15 internships and then started her own company, exploding the myths around internships and helping people like us. So this notion of your dream internship, it sounds great, but for some of us, it's just that one we can get or the one we are told to go to, like me. If you've got a clear idea of what your dream internship looks like or the ideal company you think would be so much fun to work for, then track them down and pitch them. But we'll get to that in a bit. First, if you were lost like I was, how do you identify your dream job? We hear a lot about the dream job. <laughs> and one could ask the question, does that really exist? I mean, in some ways, you've got to look at the aspects of work that you enjoy doing. So in many cases, we look for you know intransferable skills that can come out of their degree or the experiences they do alongside their degree. So if they're doing a part-time job or a casual job, that gives them some idea of what they might appeal to. So when I worked in the, the bank in, in the branch, I actually found dealing with customers to be quite rewarding. I, I liked helping them. But when it came to some of the back office work, I didn't like that at all. So it helped me decide what aspects that I'd like to take further. You just met Warren Fraze. Because he has his fingers on the pulses of people like you all day long, he has some great insights, including the latest thinking from... Stanford University have a uh, program called Design Your Life, and I've been doing some research in that. And last year, I picked out an element of that called mind mapping. So we got the students to work in a large room with literally with colored pens and balloons and try to map out things they'll enjoy doing, but making 
visual connections. Mm. The basic premise of that is is what we would advocate here at Melbourne as well, is that you don't need to be totally 100% sure about what your passion is straight away, and it's okay to be like that. And in fact, the Melbourne model is designed to help students make connections between totally different kind of areas. For example, robotics in medicine, the convergence of those sort of technologies. So Melbourne allows those different subject areas, and we call breadth subjects in the undergraduate. So allow students to find that they can try different things that are totally outside maybe their core interest. And that could lead them in a totally different direction. What Warren means is, think about what appeals to you. Is it working with people, working with data, working on your own or working in a team, being creative or helping things run smoothly? There's so many options out there. But how do you narrow it down? Someone recommended that book to me, What Color Is Your Parachute?, I read a few pages, and honestly, I still don't know what color it is. Purple? But reading self-help books might work for you. Using the careers team at your university is another way to find that career idea. I would not have a clue. I did not know that we had one when I was at university. But if you're not in a university, how else can you do that? Lauren Berger, the intern queen, called us from Los Angeles and told us how she did it. I think the reality is that in college, you don't always know what you want to do. And even when you have maybe a gut feeling, you still sometimes don't know. (laughs) With an internship, you are just putting yourself out there and you are trying to find an opportunity that sticks. I know for me, when I was in college, I remember printing out a list of all the majors at my university, circling a bunch of different things, and then realizing, oh, everything that I'm circling is marketing, advertising, communications, and they all sort of go together. So I didn't know where to intern, but I said, you know what, I'm going to step up and I'm going to take initiative and I'm just going to start. I'm going to start somewhere. Good name for a podcast. And I got a communications related internship. And at that internship, it was so valuable because not only did I get hands-on experience, but I also was able to say, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like and take that information and apply it to the next position that I found. And Lauren went on to do 15 different internships. There's also a lot of help on the web from countless a day in the life of websites to quizzes and blogs that can help you exclude things and also find what might be right for you. We've put a few links in the show notes to get you started. And remember, Google is your friend. So when you're dreaming up your ideal internship, play to your strengths, whatever they are. And if you don't know what your strengths are, ask a friend, your brutally honest, verging on rude friend, You know the one. Mine's called Jess. Hey, Jess. And mine is called Paul. Hi, Paul. And I guess if you're not certain about what you want to do, that's the great thing about an internship. You can try different things, maybe 15 different things. But if it's a big leap or a total experiment in a radically new field that is new to you, why not try a lateral or allied job? What's an example? Okay, so... If you are an English major who wants to try being a playwright, go intern as a theatre critic. If you're an engineer who wants to try product development, find a startup and go be a marketing intern. Ooh, ooh, let me try one. So if you're an economics major who wants to work at an accounting firm, try and get a job at the ATO, the Australian Tax Office. That is right. Every profession has things that run parallel 
or influence it, or above it or below it. I think Edward de Bono calls it lateral thinking. Hello, my name is Vivian Gleeson. I'm a graduate of the Masters of Biotechnology, and I'm currently working at the Burnett Medical Institute as a business development officer. And what is the Burnett Medical Institute? So it's a institute based out of the Alfred Hospital with the core mandate of treating vulnerable populations. So we have two major sections of the Burnett, one being international relations and actually putting boots on the ground to treat major issues either in Myanmar, East Timor, Sub-Saharan Africa. And then the other side of us is we are a traditional medical research institute that focuses on infectious diseases. So we leverage a lot of the assets at the Alfred Hospital and also the amazing academic and clinical network in Melbourne to basically help major issues <laughs> within those areas. How did you find yourself moving from a biomedical degree into what you're doing now? I always wanted to be on the development side of science. Being on the pointy end, like, it's really, really exciting. Just not looking at, you know, how does this work, but how can we use this thing that's absolutely amazing to make a difference now? Mm -hmm. And anything that we can do to help that get through is great. Now that we're all lateral thinking geniuses, I can add that it doesn't just apply to what sort of internship you want, but the companies you look at for that opportunity. Another plus of lateral thinking? Avoid competition with your friends that are applying to work at the big four strategic consulting firms. I applied for internships where they were just looking for STEM applicants, STEM meaning science, technology, engineering and maths. I wanted to sort of fit that silly mould of being the person who does a consulting internship because that's one of the buzzwords of, <laughs> of my generation. Everyone's a consultant or working in consulting. You may remember that Hamish Taylor from episode one wasn't even a STEM graduate. So that was some serious lateral thinking. But he went on to a successful internship at the Herald Sun newspaper. Interning for the big four is someone's dream scenario. I realized my limitations early and would have crumbled during the application process. We talked to two people who applied to the big four and got internship offers. They made it sound pretty easy. Hi, I'm Grace Chen. I'm studying the Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in economics and finance, currently in third year. Similar to a lot of my friends, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and commerce is quite a wide breadth, so... It sets you up quite well for the future, so that's why I chose it. I did attend some club events before going to EY, and I met one of the managers at EY, and she recommended her field. She said that she was in a very similar position to where I was in university, and she didn't really know which department she wanted to go to. So I was like, okay, I'll follow your advice and apply to the same one. But I think Grace was probably downplaying the amount of effort she put in. And Grace was involved in lots of student clubs and was a great networker. She seems quite chill now about her experiences, but she did overcome some work-life balance issues that she'll share with us in episode five. We also talked to Danuka Nanekara. I was a student here at the University of Melbourne just last year, actually. Graduated in December. And I'm currently working in KPMG's Solution 49X team. They specialize in artificial intelligence consulting work. Danuka started out on a strategy bent, but took a detour that worked out well in the end. It's been a pretty weird journey for me getting into this position specifically. In my undergrad studies, I um, did commerce, and I was an actuary, 
but I was really into strategy consulting. So I actually interned at KPMG about four years ago in their strategy team as an intern, and they offered me a job, but I really wanted to go and finish off my master's in engineering, or start my master's rather. So I asked them to hold that position for me for um, the three years while I did my master's. How good must this guy be that KPMG would do that? And when you find out what he ended up doing, it'll make sense. Last year, I actually did another internship at an engineering company where I worked in their AI team. And I kind of realized that that's what I wanted to do in my career, that I wasn't really into strategy anymore. So I actually called up KPMG being like, hey, uh, I'm not really into strategy anymore, but thanks so much for everything you've done for me. I'm actually more into AI. And they were like, hey, we just started an AI consulting team. Do you want to talk to someone from that? So I was like, oh, okay, sure. And it actually kind of went from there. So I met some members of the team. They seemed really cool. The work sounds super interesting. So I decided to join up with them. We take another look at networking in episode 10. It's good to hear that taking a break to do a master's is okay. And so is changing your mind about your dream job. Here's Warren Fraze. Many international students just want to work for the big four, the big four accounting management consulting firms. Now, that's fine, and there's nothing wrong in that, but that can be a fairly tunnel focus in some ways because there are a lot of other interesting opportunities other than the big four. For example, there's a great website called Top 100 Graduate Employers, sponsored by the Australian newspaper, and it comes out every year. And I ask students to go through that and research a whole number of different organisations. Now, normally they're the big ones, they're the private sector, big government ones. There's also this other area that is often overlooked called SMEs, which simply stands for small to medium-sized enterprises. And that is a, a large area of graduate employment, but they don't spruik and from the rooftop like some of those big four I've talked about earlier. So definitely encourage students to approach the smaller to medium-sized enterprise, and that takes a bit more research to do that. So there are library websites they can use to locate experiences of other students who have worked in those organisations as well. But definitely alumni is a great place to start because some of their alumni could be working in firms like that. We were surprised to learn that SMEs account for 68% of all the jobs in Australia. So check the show notes for those links that Warren mentioned, as well as their Top Intern Programs website. We'll hopefully be speaking to some of them in a later episode. Those sites should have a range of internships, but they might not be exhaustive. Opportunities can pop up anywhere local government to foreign governments in Australia, from for-profits to not-for-profits, from frontline organizations like hospitals to research institutes like CSIRO. There's a whole universe of experience and enjoyment outside of the brands and companies you know and ones that come to campus. I'll say it again. Google is your friend, and just about everyone is on the internet. Before moving on, here's some solid advice from Tess a law graduate. Often there are many amazing internships available, particularly overseas or perhaps somewhere else in Australia. The barrier can be for a lot of students, as it was for myself, is a financial barrier. Affording to go overseas and pay for your accommodation and living expenses while you volunteer your time full-time at an organisation. I don't discourage people doing that because some of these organisations really value the help and if it aligns with your values. It's an amazing experience. But what I would say is that if you want to do one of those things and you want to make it happen, plan ahead early. 
I think it's really easy to be reactive and be like, oh my God, I have no experience. What internships are available? Let me look for something now. If you know, for example, you want to do an internship with the United Nations overseas and you know that from the start of your degree, then work towards that, save for that as well as doing your research and have backup options in case you don't get it. Good advice, Tess. So hopefully now you know what type of internship you're looking for. But where can you look for it? Coming up, some ideas. You are amazing. Why don't these companies come to you? Well, some of them do. Careers fairs, employment weeks, check your uni websites. But some companies are too busy doing that amazing work that you want to be involved in to give much thought to how they get in front of interns. So we asked Mary Trumbull, a client solutions manager at LinkedIn Australia, how companies can make themselves more open or transparent to interns on LinkedIn and how you can use the platform to find opportunities. This is really a hard one and I think it's something that's still changing. So five years ago, I proactively reached out for all of my internships. There weren't job offerings. I would find the company I wanted to work for and quite literally send them an email and say, I'm really passionate, I'm happy to get some experience. Have you got anything for me? Whereas these days, I think more and more companies are seeing the value of having these really motivated, energetic sort of millennials in their workforce. And so they are making it more of an official part. So you can now search for internships on LinkedIn, just put the job title in and your location and it'll list everything up there. But I think really for the benefit of the company to stay young and to stay relevant, it should be in their best interest to have these internships on offer. And if they don't, don't let it hold you back. Just reach out because sometimes they don't know what they don't know. It's interesting to hear you say that you looked for companies and reached out to them. Tell me a bit more about that process. Yeah, so that was challenging. I mean, it was based off my degrees. I did a Bachelor of Commerce and both my internships with whilst I studied. I wanted to incorporate some real world experience, which I highly recommend if your timetable permits. But I knew throughout my degree that marketing was somewhere I wanted to start. So actually, I did use LinkedIn as part of the search process. And, and what I started doing was searching for jobs or searching for people that worked in the marketing industry or the marketing function, just to see what's out there. Because half the time you don't know. I mean, when we think of marketing, we think marketing manager or marketing coordinator, but I've ended up in sales, which is still marketing. So doing a bit of research, whether that's on LinkedIn or, or another sort of relevant industry publication, who's been talked about? What companies have been talked about? Um, do you want something smaller or larger? So for me, I went for the media industry because I knew there was a real um, high energy vibe. It was very fast paced. And then I quite literally just built a uh, list of Melbourne agencies and just went in with my resume and said, this will be one of your greatest investments. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Fraze has some advice on focusing your search. Rather than send them to a hundred organizations, I often say to them, why don't you pick the top five organizations you think you would really love to be in and find out as much as you can about those organizations. That way you can start to target them more. So when you're doing the alumni check, you can find people who work in that organization. You can then start to talk to people who work in that organization. There's a website called Glassdoor for example, and is one of many, they can actually look at past experiences of graduates who have worked in different organisations, and they can get the raw truth about what it's really like to work there. Glassdoor also has reviews of what the interview process is like for some of these companies. 
And to take it one step further, follow your shortlist of companies that you want to work for on all their social channels. That's another place that they will advertise for available opportunities. Michelle Lau, who we met in episode one, does this really well. I wasn't actually too sure what I wanted to do, so I just Googled all of them and just sent private emails, Facebook messages, Instagram, everything. One of the main companies I really want to work with in the future is Cassette. And so what I've had to do is like tag them in my Instagram posts and just kind of make sure that I'm keeping really active with them. And so with KeepLift as well, I've been trying to keep really active liking their posts. That sounds both smart and a little bit devious. (laughs) So these people are on your radar already. So that's ideally where you'd like to go. I think you've won. You know what you want to be when you grow up. As well as your digital social networks, look at your IRL social networks. People you know like to help you. Practice asking them for specific help. I'm looking for an internship working with animals over the summer. The Six Degrees of Separation Law says someone you know knows someone who works with animals. But if you don't ask, you don't get and you'll never get to meet Kevin Bacon. Matthew Blundell asked, and boy, did he get. Walk me through how you came to have these two internships in the embassies in Canberra and then your most recent one at the EU Centre. So my two internships at embassies, the first one was at the Chilean embassy. I was fortunate enough to know a Chilean diplomat over quite a number of years. And I was just about to finish my undergrad at the University of Canberra, and he offered me a work placement uh, where I wrote a report on tertiary education relations between Australia and Chile. The second one was even more lucky. I was working at a restaurant I'd been at for eight years, and a Belgian diplomat would converse quite a few times, and he'd found out that I was interning at the Chilean embassy, and he was looking for a new intern. So I landed that one. And then, lucky enough, at the EU Centre here at University of Melbourne, same restaurant I was working at while I was an intern at the Belgian Embassy, I met my director. We got chatting. She was asking me about my future plans. I told her that I was looking to move to Melbourne to undertake the Master of International Relations, and she gave me a card. We got in touch. I started the Masters the year after, in 2016, but I wasn't able to start my internship until 2017. So I delayed that for a little while. I recently completed it in about October 2017. So basically you're saying we should all work in hospitality to get anywhere in the world. I think uh, (laughs) it's a good call. But before you think Matthew is perfect, here's some more of his advice. A real asset for a lot of students out there is to actually use your networks. If someone gives you a business card, chase them up the next day. Don't sit on it. I've done it way too many times. And those same people have come in to the restaurant I was working at and said, why didn't you give me a call? I've been waiting. And it's embarrassing. And it's usually a lost opportunity. So really chase those things up. And if you don't work in a restaurant frequented by the people you want to work for, remember, Google is your friend. Set up a Google alert. It's like constantly Googling for something, but Google does all the work. Internship, engineering. Artificial intelligence, Adelaide, summer. Who knows what that might turn up? But if it pings an opportunity, sit tight, because in our next episode, we'll cover what you have to do next. One of the videos on the Intern Queen's website tells us what to do if a company you want to intern for does not advertise any intern positions. Call them and confirm, and then say, can I be the first? 
Here's Lauren with a bit more on what the Intern Queen offers. Intern Queen is a free destination where students can find internships and read advice about how to leverage great internships and turn them into career opportunities. And we also are the home to what we call the Intern Queen Agency, where we match students up with great brand ambassador opportunities. And a little CSA, a community service announcement. Many of the Intern Queen's postings are for U.S.-based students, but there are some international opportunities. So keep checking. You've got a wealth of material. You've got your channels, your YouTube, your Instagram, your website. So, what are the opportunities for students to get involved with the Intern Queen? The opportunity is for students to visit internqueen.com. That's definitely the hub of our brands, and to actually apply for an internship and then to read our advice. And then, hopefully, the YouTube channel is really valuable because it's providing really quick bits of advice, but advice that's really crucial, like how to prep for an interview or how to create your resume or how to answer really hard interview questions. So hopefully the YouTube channel helps give students quick advice in a really fun, relatable way. And then hopefully our Instagram page just inspires people to sort of live their best life as it appeals to the workplace. We have a ton of stuff, but I think the thing to remember is that we're real people that work here. We're not just a machine. You can always reach out through the live chat on Intern Queen or message me on Instagram or email me through the website and you will get a response and we do have actual people that can help you. No, I did. I contacted you via Twitter and you responded very promptly. It was very impressive. Look at that. I love it. (laughs) And there are a ton more online resources, listing boards, companies and agencies that can help you find an opportunity. But everyone is looking online. Where are the places that only you can look? Your street, your building, your neighborhood? Look outside the box. Looking even further outside the box, we could look outside the country. What if you want to do an internship in hydroponic urban farming that does not happen in this country? Warren? We recommend a website called uh, goingglobal.com. That's a good one. And you can go into there and it tells you what it's like to work in the US, for example. What are the the visa requirements you need? What are the cultural issues? Even the temperature in the city, if you want to work in New York City, you've got to realize it's going to be fairly cold in winter and and just to understand the, the culture. Knowing what you want can help you narrow it down. But knowing what you need is just common sense. A paid internship, in the country during the Australian summer. Or semester two, you have a scholarship that will pay for Asia travel and you want to experience international development. Yes, there are scholarships out there for that kind of thing. As Ben keeps saying, Google is your friend. And if your Googling gets you a list of 50 organizations, how do you decide which five to approach? We heard from Tess earlier in this episode. She interned at a community legal practice because she knew she'd get hands-on client experience that she would not get at a large corporate firm. But Tess has another reason that she chose that route. I think interning, that's absolutely crucial, especially if it's an unpaid internship. You want to be working somewhere where you respect the values of the organisation that you're with. And for me, the opportunity to work with both of these organisations was an opportunity both to further my career prospects, but also to give back to the community in a meaningful way. And that was a really important value of mine. And I think that reflected in my application. So my advice to interns looking to apply for internships would be really answer the question, why do you want to work with this organisation? What value can you bring and what does it bring to you as well? 
If you have an interesting internship story, please email us a voice memo. You can send it to starting-somewhere at unimelb.edu.au, and it could be featured in a future episode. Thank you. In the next episode, we have more tips from Mary Trumbull and Warren Fraze on maximizing your LinkedIn profile to help you land your internship. And Lauren Berger will help you stand out in a crowded field. Finding your dream internship might never happen, and you will probably be okay. If not, we've got tips to help you deal with those feelings of rejection. But hopefully we've given you some ideas that will help you start somewhere. Starting Somewhere is brought to you by the University of Melbourne External Relations Team. The producers and editors are Buffy Gorilla and Ben Pawson. Our supervising producer and original concept is from Dr. Andy Horvath. Thanks to everyone who has made Starting Somewhere a reality. Stay tuned for future episodes.